Hi there. My name is Sam McAuliffe. I'm a PhD candidate at Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. And my presentation is The Improvisational Encounter, What is Common to Music and Hermeneutic Phenomenology. Hermeneutic Phenomenology, uh, which henceforth will be referred to in this presentation as simply hermeneutics, referring to the philosophical tradition of Martin Heidegger and Hans-Georg Gadamer, figures in music studies in innumerable ways. It has been taken up by scholars to describe hearing and interpreting music, a means for practice-led or artistic researchers to disseminate their performance practice, a tool for aestheticians to interrogate the ontology of musical works, and has been taken up with respect to music and education, among other things. Thus, we commonly encounter hermeneutics applied to music studies. Of course, music figures in phenomenology almost from the very beginning. Consider the way in which melody figures in Husserl's explanation of interminal time consciousness, for instance. And early phenomenologists such as Waldemir Conrad, Hans Mersman, and Gustav Goldenstein, who each attempted phenomenologies of music. While other prominent figures in the phenomenological or hermeneutic tradition, such as Maurice Merleau-Ponty, Heidegger and Gadamer, had less to say about music directly, their thought figures heavily with respect to its application to music scholarship. Despite the commonality of applying hermeneutics to interrogate questions pertaining to music, rarely has anyone asked what implications this may have for hermeneutics. That is, following the hermeneutic assertion that all understanding reflects back on itself, if hermeneutics can provide insight into the musical, shouldn't this hermeneutic understanding of the musical equally provide insight into the hermeneutical? This is the question I pursue in this paper, arguing that what is common to both music and hermeneutics is what I refer to as the improvisational encounter. In music studies, there is an increasing interest in improvisation, particularly from musicological and ethnomusicological perspectives, but also with respect to philosophy of music. Despite this, however, ontologies of music rarely focus on improvisation as such. Instead, they tend to focus on questions such as, are there musical works? If there are musical works, what are they like? And if there are musical works, what relation do they stand in relationship to their performances? And so forth. Which is to say, ontologies of music tend to focus on the outcome, as opposed to the activity or process. If and when ontological projects do tend towards improvisation of music, they often focus specifically on jazz, or the nature of musical works that are the result of improvisation. Not offering so much an ontology of improvisation, but an ontology of jazz, or even jazz improvisation, for instance. While projects such as these are insightful in their own way, their insights are always relative to a specific cultural practice. It is difficult then to arrive at a clear understanding of why improvisation as it occurs in jazz music, for instance, seems to be identical to the improvisation manifest in painting or conversation, for instance. My current research seeks to uncover an ontology of improvisation as such. I do so by attending to musical practice. To uncover the structure of improvisation, I take a hermeneutic topographical approach. 
I inquire into the nature of the existential place of improvisation. With reference to the work of Jeff Malpas on philosophical topography, the manner by which I strive to uncover the ontological structure of improvisation works from the premise that, quote, the objects of philosophical inquiry are properly understood only through the interrelation and interconnection of distinct, irreducible, but interrelated components, end quote. Thus, uncovering the structure of improvisation involves identifying those components that are essential to it and noting the way in which those components relate to one another. That is, we come to, unto, sorry, we come to understand those elements in their proper place. Broadly construed, I present the structure of improvisation with respect to the following assertions. Firstly, musical improvisation is a conversational structure where players attend to and respond to the emergent work in a manner comparable to the way interlocutors attend to and respond to the subject matter that exists between them during uh, conversation. Secondly, when musicians improvise, they are being appropriated into the event. That is, improvising musicians come to belong to the situation in which they find themselves. Their acting in the event is not an acting toward an object, rather improvisation occurs prior to the subject-object split. Thirdly, the actions of the players are structured by their fore understanding or prejudice, to use Gardner's term. Players encounter and attend to those aspects of the situation that they are predisposed to attend to, and they respond largely through habit and what Gadamer refers to as tactfulness. Finally, the improvisational situation to which the players belong has a distinct boundary or horizontal field. Due to the prejudice or fore-understanding of the player, as well as their ability to perceive only select sounds in their environment, there is a distinct limit or threshold that demarcates the place or region within which improvisation occurs. What is significant for this study, with respect to its topographical in inclinations, is the idea that improvisation emerges from one's encounter with certain phenomena. It is the encounter itself that gives rise to the improvisational. Thus, improvisation can be loosely characterised as one's attending to and responding to the situation in which they find themselves. What is interesting is the structure of improvisation that emerges from an engagement with musical practice bears a similar, if not identical, structure to Gadamerian hermeneutics. For Gadamer, understanding is not about reproducing understanding, but producing understanding for oneself. Understanding is that which emerges through one's hermeneutical encounter with a thing. What makes the encounter truly productive, and therefore hermeneutical, relies upon two things. Firstly, that an understanding of the thing emerges, and secondly, that that understanding brings about self-understanding. That is, hermeneutical understanding relates understanding of the world back on the subject, and is therefore a transformative experience. And this, of course, refers to the productive nature of the hermeneutic circle. For Gadamer, it is one's prejudices or fore-understanding that forms the basis for their inquiry into a particular subject matter. We question from out of our prejudices, and it is when one's prejudices 
are challenged that the person may begin to think differently about the subject matter at issue. We notice how this understanding is both an understanding of the thing and an understanding of oneself. For to understand differently is to acknowledge the shortcomings of one's prior understanding. It is this essentially circular or reflexive character of hermeneutics that is at issue with respect to the structure of improvisation I've derived from music. So we might return to the question. If by question, questioning improvisation, a hermeneutical structure was uncovered, what does this reflect back on hermeneutics itself? What character of hermeneutics is illuminated when we attend to hermeneutics as essentially improvisational? I would argue there are many things an improvisational account of hermeneutics illuminates. Today, however, I want to focus particularly on the nature of self-understanding that has preoccupied my presentation so far. The hermeneutic circle, as the basis of self-understanding, alludes to a certain activity or process. The working of this activity, however, defies simple elucidation. Indeed, there is a sense in which the bulk of truth and method reflects Gadamer's attempt to articulate the inner workings of this productive activity. Ultimately, Gadamer's insight is to equate this activity as a conversation, structured around the movement of question and answer. There are certain challenges with presenting understanding as based on conversation. And this primarily relates to the fact that conversation is so familiar. In line with the basic premise of hermeneutics, we each already have certain presuppositions about what a conversation is. And while Gadamer's task is to make us understand the concept of conversation differently, the way in which he attempts to direct us to a certain understanding of conversation relies upon his drawing upon an array of concepts, such as play and the game, to highlight the attitude of the interpreter who is concerned with a certain subject matter, the I-thou relationship, to elucidate the relationship between thing, sorry, between interpreter and thing, or interpreter and other, in between, to highlight that toward which interlocutors in conversation orient themselves, and agreement to describe the understanding that emerges from conversation. At bottom, each of these concepts work toward a common goal, the elucidation of the way in which the movement of understanding occurs in the hermeneutical encounter. While they are certainly present, if only implicitly, in Gadamer's account, certain crucial aspects of the hermeneutical encounter remain underemphasized in standard readings of Gadamer's thinking. These themes include the productive opening or place of understanding and the spontaneity and indeterminacy of understanding. I suggest that the spontaneity of the opening up of a productive place into which understanding emerges might be effectively highlighted or drawn out by conceiving of the emergence of the hermeneutic conversation in terms of certain characteristics of improvisation present in the practice of music. The structure of improvisation, I contend, highlights uh, the indeterminate and spontaneous platiality of understanding, the relationship between interpreter and subject matter, and indeed the relationship between the interpreter, subject matter, and understanding. While this character of hermeneutics can be witnessed across Gadamer's thinking when he speaks of, for instance, interlocutors, play, and the in-between, the concept of improvisation might be seen to draw together and accentuate certain insights from these ideas. 
because we may say, using the language of hermeneutics rather than music, that improvisation is the opening up of a place within which understanding emerges. Improvisation is the happening of understanding. What I want to focus on here is the situatedness of this understanding, for it highlights the encounter that I am suggesting is common to both music and hermeneutics. Gadamer's philosophical hermeneutics is distinctly phenomenological in the sense that the hermeneutic encounter occurs nowhere if not in one's factical experience of being in the world. Understanding, for Gadamer, belongs to the encounter. Therefore, concrete experience. Thus, all understanding is essentially situated. Put simply, understanding occurs somewhere. And being somewhere means standing in relation to and being oriented toward certain other things in the world. The situation in which one finds oneself begs and gives rise to understanding if one comports oneself toward the situation appropriately. One must be open to receive understanding. <clears throat> to note the improvisational character of hermeneutic understanding, we might consider Gadamer's description of conversation. He writes, A genuine conversation is never the one that we wanted to conduct. Rather, it is generally more correct to say that we fall into conversation. What I want to accentuate here is this notion of falling into. Now, Gadamer here uses the German word geraten, which can carry a range of senses, including stumbling into, getting into, coming upon, captured, captured here as falling into. Gadamer does not himself put any special emphasis on geraten as such. His point being simply that conversation is indeed something that happens spontaneously. But the idea of falling into also captures something important about the way this spontaneity is experienced. And for that reason, it provides a useful way of elaborating spontaneity as it occurs in the conversational and improvisational context of understanding. It should be clear, of course, that the sense of falling at issue in falling into is quite distinct from the sense of falling that Heidegger identifies in being in time as the basic structure of Dasein, and for which he uses the term Verfallen. Falling into highlights the spontaneous and indeterminate nature of conversation. For instance, while someone may deliberately intend to converse with someone else, they may intentionally walk to the office of another person to discuss a certain issue, the actual point at which the conversation takes hold, as it were, happens beyond one's intending it. It is in this sense that we say, we fall into a conversation. It is, and it is in this sense that I am suggesting conversation is both indeterminate and spontaneous. It is this very happening of one's falling into, as can be noticed in the literal sense of one's tripping and beginning to fall, that demands improvisation. The way in which the person was originally proceeding is taken away from them, their subjective intentions toward the world forgotten, in the sense that Gadamer describes as a loss of self. In this sense, falling into is something that simply happens to us, as if we have no choice but to enter and be in that situation. As Gadamer writes of drama, what no longer exists is the world of which we live as our own. The action of a drama exists as something that rests absolutely within itself. So too is the falling into improvisation or conversation 
an extraction of oneself from the familiar world and a placing into a situation that gives rise to a potentially transformative experience. The performance of music here provides a certain insight. As one falls into a musical improvisation where there is no preconceived musical work or score, there is a, there is a degree of spontaneity rep, uh, sorry, required as the player attends to and responds to the indeterminate and emergent work of art. Having fallen into the improvisational situation, the situation presents indeterminate possibilities for action that demand the player's attention and call for a response. The happening of the improvisation is all-encompassing as the player is caught up in the movement of attending and responding, that is, improvising. It is a spontaneous happening where a certain place opens up before they who have fallen and calls them into a productive engagement. In their being relieved of their subjective intentions, players rely on a certain spontaneous comportment toward the indeterminate situation into which they have fallen. Gadamer describes this mode of knowing and comportment toward the situation into which one finds oneself as tact, which, to quote, is a special sensitivity and sensitiveness to situations and how to behave in them, for which knowledge from general principles does not suffice, end quote. To talk in terms of improvisation, something that clearly so relies on tact, tact refers to one's tacit knowledge of what to do next. Tact, which is directly related to one's prejudice, describes the spontaneous knowing how to respond to the situation into which one has fallen. The situation into which one falls is no mere blank canvas upon which they may present the genius of their response. Instead, just as falling when one is walking, the situation presents a certain task for the person who, so who falls into it. The person is called to spontaneously attend to and respond to the situation in which they are. This spontaneous happening, this event of improvisation, is an opening up of a productive place in the sense that a certain boundary or horizon emerges that frames the situation as such. It is not so much that one is transported into a new place, as it were, although one may perhaps suddenly feel out of place, lost or disoriented, as a result of the encounter, but rather a certain boundary emerges that frames or reframes the particular situation in which they find themselves. With respect to music, it is from within this bounded region, this productive place, that the work of art emerges. The notion of the work of art here uh, sorry, proves useful when thinking about the understanding that emerges from the hermeneutical encounter. The work of art is not located internally in the mind of the performers, for instance, but is external to the players. They encounter the work as they perform it. The work transcends the improviser insofar as it too is situated within the horizon of the situation, and the improviser can never see it as a whole or experience it in any absolute sense. Rather, by virtue of their prejudice, the improviser is oriented toward and attends to and responds to certain possibilities given by the work. This improvisational attending to and responding to gives way to the emergence of a particular work, one of countless possibilities that could have 
but did not emerge from that situation. This is consistent with respect to understanding. What is understood is always already there with they who come to understand it. But the transformative understanding acquired is always an understanding for them. It is always one understanding of countless others. Gadamer explains that understanding cannot be grasped as a simple activity of the consciousness that understands, but is itself a mode of the event of being. It is in light of such a consideration that I assert understanding occurs spontaneously, as a falling into improvisation. It is this spontaneous and indeterminate mode of encountering the other, making oneself transparent, that is at issue in Gadamer's emphasis on the conversational structure of hermeneutics. The nature of play, where one is taken out of their everyday intents and purposes, and the seeking agreement with the otherness of the other, refers to this idea of self-understanding. What Gadamer is at pains to articulate is that this encounter is not led by the interpreter. Hermeneutic understanding cannot be adequately understood as a conscious, intentional activity, a pre-established methodological process of putting certain prejudices aside so as to permit the other to speak, but is something spontaneous and indeterminate. It is an understanding that emerges from the encounter and one spontaneous falling into. Gadamer writes, quote, All understanding is self-understanding, but not in the sense of a preliminary self-possession or of one finally and definitively achieved. For the self-understanding only realises itself in the understanding of a subject matter and does not have the character of a free self-realisation. The self that we are does not possess itself. One could say that it happens. End quote. I contend that this character of hermeneutics comes forth most clearly when we consider the happening of self-understanding in terms of improvisation. The concept of improvisation derived from music illuminates the essential spontaneity and indeterminacy of the hermeneutic encounter that is often either looked or underemphasized. And thus we may say, insofar as both music and hermeneutics is improvisational, what is common to both is the improvisational encounter that facilitates one's spontaneous falling into the situation. Thank you.